podcast hosting provided by Transistor. If you want to host your own show, head over to Transistor.fm and start a 14-day free trial. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host Dino and I'm here once again with Chris Soulsby from Motorsport Monday. How are you doing Chris? Hello, I'm very good. Yeah, yeah. glad to be back on for the third time in, uh, this year I believe. Very yeah. excited to uh, talk about Formula E. Very good. Yes, it has been a bit of a, a, bit of a whirlwind week. Um, we'll get into it. Sorry, I'm actually drinking a cup of tea right now. Sorry, yeah, genuinely, I'm sipping a cup of tea right now. But yes, very, very busy week uh, for Formula E. Obviously, it's fiftieth race. Very busy week for me. But yeah. Yeah. Great. So you've been working on your dis- dissertation. Oh Lord, yes. Yeah. Been uh, working on my dissertation. Ten thousand word, probably eleven thousand once I'm finished uh, oh, essay that's for rough. uni. It's um the most tedious thing I think I've had to do in my life. <laughs> wow. It's it's horrible. So almost done. Well, I'm very thankful that you decided to come on here instead of doing another thousand words on it. So thank you very much. Oh, I needed the distraction. <laughs> oh. Have you um have you had um the F one Netflix series as a distraction, Chris? I unfortunately do not have Netflix, so I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it is it is quality. I think uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but obviously, you know, you know what happens uh, during the season. Yes, it yeah. just gives it just gives a really cool background uh, to all of the characters of Formula One. Um, Gunther Steiner, he is really funny. Um, a lot more sweary than I thought he was, but he's great. <laughs> he is quality, and yeah, they they sort of I think made up a couple of rivalries, but. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think the science and Alonso one was what they made out. But it's it's really cool. It, it follows Ricardo a lot. So yeah, I I fully recommend it. I've watched them all. So oh wow, yeah, binge watched that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I've got a, one of my friends has been watching it, and he's uh he said he re- he really liked it quite. Simply because it doesn't focus on the battle between Mercedes and Ferrari. Yeah. It does focus on the midfield and with Red Bull as well. So I'll have to uh, I'll have to watch it at some point, definitely. Yeah, definitely a watch. Definitely. Alrighty. Hong Kong, the fiftieth race. We also had the Jaguar I Pace E trophy, so let's start with that one. And this was also a bit of a cracker. Yeah, it was a very good race as well. Uh, the IPC Trophy made its debut in Arderia uh, late December last year. It had its uh, third race, I believe, in uh, Hong Kong, and what a race it was! It's it's proving to be a very good uh, racing series, in all honesty. So uh, very exciting. I was a bit sceptical, but I, you know, Jaguar has a has a pedigree, and and the car looks cool, and um, some of the drivers, um, yes, Catherine Leg probably. The most recognisable. Uh, yeah, I didn't really know Brian Sellers coming into it, but obviously the Kiwi um, and brother of Mitch Evans was also in it. Yeah, Simon Evans. I was gutted for him. 
let's um <laughs> let's yeah let's uh of course <laughs> yeah so another another one too uh, Brian Sellers winning and also becoming the first American to win a Jaguar I-Pace e trophy race uh, Catherine Legg his uh, teammate in second and the Brazilian Sergio Jimenez um, he started last but a cracker of a drive absolutely amazing yeah. just started incredible last up to third incredible race final corner move on Simon to clinch third Slightly controversial. <sighs> Slightly, but that's that's just, what we're just, all about. Just a just a smidge, just a smidge. Yeah. Um. And uh, Kaka Bueno. Uh, bueno started from pole position. He had a very uh, competitive opening stint in the race. He uh, he took he took off from pole immediately, led into turn one, head off, uh, held off Brian Sellers, and uh, Catherine Legg, who moved into third. And um, after the race, Brian Sellers turned around and said, Kaka today was untouchable. He was pushing harder than any other driver on track, and that reflected in the gap. But eventually, Bueno did make a mistake into turn one and ran deep and down the escape road, which mm. really did cost him in the race he lost. Yeah, and but, finished P5. So, yeah, finished uh, down um, in fifth. I'm sure he was pretty gutted about that. Um, also, uh, in the Pro-Am class, interesting, uh, Yaki Zhang so took his first win in the Pro-Am series. Yes, yeah. Yeah, nearly two seconds ahead of the second-place Pro-Am, um, Bandar Elisai. And I think Bandar is actually winning the Pro-Am at the moment um, in the standings. So, yeah, good to get up one on him. Yeah, so um, Alasai won both in Adiria and Mexico City, so Yashi Zhang's win for um, China Racing. Obviously, um, you know, marks his first win in the IPC trophy and actually marks a change in the uh, Pro-Am class. So it's, a, it's definitely a good win for him, but he, uh, he's actually been penalised oh. for the next race in Sanya. Oh, no. Um, he's been handed a three-place grid penalty um, for his little clash uh, with Celia Martin oh, right. the, in the early stages of the race. So um, for those of you who didn't see it, um, uh, Zhang uh, got the, um, took first place in Pro-Am by overtaking Martin, who had an absolutely fantastic start. And he essentially just charged up the inside of her and smashed into the side of her car. And just continue driving, and nothing happened in the race, which I was very surprised about. Yeah. But it, it really did cost her because she could have taken her first win if he was if he wasn't so aggressive. But never mind. Yeah, still got third. So yeah, mm. she still got third, which is a good result. It's actually her first full season in any form of motorsport. What really? Genuinely, yeah. She's um she was just previously a test driver for Jaguar. Oh. I was doing some research on this. Uh, she tested the Jaguar XESV Project 8 uh, car, and she drove that at the Nürburgring Nordschleife circuit. But this is her first full season in any competitive form of motorsport, which is incredible. It's incredible when you think about it. But First outing Jaguar IPC trophy. I mean, First yeah. outing, yes. Well, someone's uh, put a lot of faith in her, and yeah, definitely looking like, yeah. She's got just doing really a lot well. of potential. A lot of potential. For sure. So, uh, the result, Sellers, Leg, uh, Jimenez, and Evans, the Kiwi, fourth. Brian Sellers leading with 46 points. 
Catherine Lang with 42. Sergio Jimenez with 37 after taking three consecutive podiums. Simon Evans with 34 points. Kaka Bueno with 23. And trailing in the pro category is Stefan Radzinski for TWR Tachita with five points, having only finished one race. In Pro-Am, we've got Bandar Alasai leading, taking back-to-back victories in Adiria in Mexico, and second in Pro-Am in Hong Kong with 56 points, with Ahmed bin Kanan in second with 30 points, Yachi Zhang in third with 29 points, Celia Martin with 17 points in fourth, Qi Lin, the Chinese journalist, in fifth with 11, and Tao Wang, who took third in Adiria, in sixth with 11 points also. Nice. It's, it's still pretty close. Yeah, it's um, very, very, very close in the uh, in pro category, but with Alisai taking two wins and second in Pro-Am, he's got a, a very big gap at the top. It's 26-point lead in Pro-Am at the moment. Yeah, but I guess that can, that can be overturned in a couple of races for sure. That can easily be overturned. Mm. And the season's far from over, you know. I think it's, I want to say it's a 10-round calendar. We're only in, just gone past our third race. Mm. So, uh, so very yeah. excited to see what happens. We'll also be seeing them again in Sanya, China as well. Yes, they'll be back, which means uh, a longer riding session for me, unfortunately. But, you know, I'm not <laughs> complaining. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's good fun. It's a, a really cool series. If you haven't uh, seen that race, yeah, go back and watch it. Yeah, very good. Worth a watch. All righty. Formula E, uh, the quali session uh, and Super Pole. So, Super Pole, we got Andre Lotterer, Paffett, Degrassi, Roland, and Van Dorn. Uh, and Stoffel Van Dorn coming out on top. Amazing drive. Yeah, absolutely exceptional. We, uh, we knew we'd do it. I think we knew Stoffel at some point this year would get a result like this, and um, with, with the rain in Hong Kong, it was yeah thoroughly deserved. I think it really was. I'm I'm looking, you know, two hold on three Venturi powertrains in the top six. Yes, a Nissan, a Tachita, and an Audi. That's that's pretty good going. I mean. A couple of them were in um, the last group, so yes. you've you've got to take that into account. But you know, Degrassi made it through, and he was in Group One. So really, you know, the, there's no reason that you know your your Buamis and and the rest of um, you know the top drivers could have got in. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think Lucas Degrassi's uh, qualifying lap in Group One was it was exceptional. In all honesty. Sam Bird was the only other driver to re- who really challenged uh, Degrassi in Group 1. And I still think he was about three-tenths of a second adrift. But with the other three, uh, which was uh, Verline, D'Ambrosio, and I want to say De Costa, they were all about two seconds off the pace. And obviously Group 1 did have the disadvantage because it was a wet qualifying. And the circuit was um, still damp. It had a lot of water on it. It hadn't been cleared properly. Um, so they had to deal with you know slippier conditions, but that lap from Degrassi really does you know it, it does do the driver justice to be able to get into the top six for Super Bowl. I think. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So well done to him. Now into the race, loads loads to talk about, Chris. It's just it's just uh, where shall we start? Okay, so 
was a difficult Formula E race, wasn't it? Drama, drama throughout. Oliver Rowland, yeah. Oliver Rowland gets the jump on Stoffel Van Dorn straight off the start, and he is away. I really, I really liked Rowland this race. Unfortunate to what happened to him, but first we're going to talk about the early pileup, uh, Felipe Nazza in the two Mahindras. What happened? Um, so in t- in turn one, we had turn one in Hong Kong was the very tight right hand hairpin, which is still a brilliant first corner for anything. It's crazy. It's, it's just crash central, but yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a game of uh, dodge cars down there. It's bumping and banging throughout. And we saw Nasa get hit by Pachito Lopez, I believe. And in the t- in turn one, um, Nasa picked up very bad front wing damage. He was He continued to drive around on the circuit, and the front wing, we've seen this in Formula 1 before, but he essentially ran over his front wing. Um, so the front wing went under his front tyres, meaning that he couldn't steer. So Naza is going into turn two, tries to turn in for the right-hander. The car doesn't turn in, and he essentially just goes head on under the wall at a 90-degree angle. Straight on in there. And becomes a mobile chicane, well, just a chicane, essentially. In yeah, the he's, the not, he's not moving. Yeah, <laughs> he, He's not moving, he's in the barriers. <laughs> And with the two Mahindras close behind, Verline runs into the back of him, terminal suspension damage, then D'Ambrosio follows, and it was just one big, messy pile-up in turn two. This was rough for Mahindra, um, and you've got to think, well, you know, that, that came straight from qualifying. Yeah. Unfortunate, you know, for them to be both at the back, both at the wrong place, you know, this is one they'll want to forget. Yeah, absolutely. Dismal, dismal weekend for Mahindra. They turned up nowhere. Um, in practice, I don't think they were faster than... I don't think either of their drivers were placed any higher than 17th in practice 1 or practice 2. Qualifying was a disaster, multiple seconds off the pace in Group 1. They started in 21st and 22nd, possibly. It was very much at the back. And then just wiped out by, you know, a rookie, a rookie's error in Formula E, essentially. But uh, D'Ambrosio was annoyed by the incident. Do you think that's worrying that they had no pace, or was it just the changing conditions that you think might have tripped them up? Or I- I'm not sure, because we've seen Mahindra show pace in the first four races of the season. That's been, that's been very obvious, but in Hong Kong, the team was, the team was nowhere. And I think... Obviously, qualifying pace comes into it. We've seen Verline deliver in qualifying this year, but D'Ambrosio, on the other hand, I think he's struggled a lot more over one lap pace, and I'm thinking that that might be a problem. In um, Mexico City, D'Ambrosio started from towards the back of the field again, and I think it was in Marrakesh, and he started from 10th on the grid. Yeah. Um, he obviously won that one, but emerging problems, and I think if Mahindra want to be able to mount a serious challenge this year for the drivers and teams championship it need they need to start delivering specifically in qualifying uh, particularly d'ambrosio he's been in this series for four seasons with this, this is his fifth season now and it is realistically the best shot that he's had at a championship and he has to maximize every time he's on the track if he wants to uh, really make that a reality yeah i agree um we'll go back to roland now obviously Gutted for him, 
pushed the pit limiter button. I believe so. Yeah, he was he was turning the corner, got hit by I think it was Sandbird, and uh, pushed the pit limiter button and lost. You know, went down to eighth or tenth or something like that. And and yeah, that was that was him done. Yeah, uh, a rookie error, <laughs> literally in all honesty. It was only his. I want to say that was his sixth Formula E start of his career. Yeah, and um, an easy mistake. To, well, it was a mistake to make, <laughs> um, and and he made it. Another mistake later on in the race. Yeah, I think it was a mechanical failure on his Nissan car that put him in the wall. And both Nissan cars out of the race. Boemi didn't finish yet again. What what is what is going on with them? It's just incredible that they're in eighth position in the championship. How how was how is Nissan? You know, Edams was an experienced outfit, and and just because there's a name change doesn't mean that they they're just nowhere and having mechanical issues. I think it's down to severe bad luck, if I'm honest. Uh, the, the Nissan powertrain's very fast, very pacey. Uh, we, we saw uh, Buemi almost win in um, Santiago at the Parque O'Higgins track, and he, he obviously crashed uh, crashed his car in the closing stages. And then we've, for the past two races, we've seen Oliver Roland up there. He had a fantastic time in Mexico City. He was almost on the podium. Uh, they had a double DNF there, obviously, because they miscalculated their energy usage and, you know, energy remaining because of the red flag. Yeah. And then this race, there was a suspension failure for Sebastian Buemi. Um, initially, it was thought that he made contact with Robin Frines from Envision Virgin, but he didn't. It just failed. And then I'm not sure what the problem was for Roland in the end, but I'm guessing it may have been something similar. I don't think we actually saw a replay of the Roland accident, though. Just him parked up with a lot of damage. Venturi had a had a tough first race and, and a second race. Obviously, Mortara just yes going straight into the barriers, turn one, or or just he, you know, the brakes were doing funny things and and they were having a few software problems. But now they now they are looking good. They are looking really good. Um, I was I was really impressed with Mortara actually. So. Sam Bird and Andre Lotera fighting away. Sam Bird takes the lead after Roland goes out, and then he goes and, and breaks a bit too late, almost goes up the escape road. Lotera goes on the inside and uh, gets the jump on him, and then Sam Bird chases him down for a good, I don't know, 30 laps or whatever it was. <laughs> it, was a, it was a titanic battle, wasn't it? It was, um, it was. fantastic to watch. It really was fun to watch. I think Sam Bird had quite a bit more speed than Lotero, though. Yeah, I think I think Bird did have a, a lot of pace in in, in his Envision Virgin car. And if he hadn't have made that mistake at turn two, as soon as he took the lead, basically, uh, I think we would have seen probably total domination from him. He obviously won the race in, one of the races in season four uh, at Hong Kong, and that was a, a massive, massive victory. He won with a he won with a drive-through penalty as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he would have checked out this time as well. He would have been gone. Yeah, I think so. But the thing is with Lotterer, he's a he's a fantastic racing driver. He's won the 24 hours of Le Mans three times. He knows exactly where to position a racing car on a racetrack. And we saw that. It was fantastic, fantastic defensive driving. Probably it one was. of his best races to date in Formula E, I would say. Mm, 
yeah, well, those two have got history, haven't they? Um, yeah, with, yeah, uh, with defending. Of, mm. Yeah, they've got a bit of uh, beef. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, what you say? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, if Andre had had won that, he would be right in the title fight. So it's it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, it would have taken him towards the top. He's really got a jump on Jeb this season. Jeff has been so unlucky this year. It's um, mm. I think I've cursed Jeff. I think after Adiria turned around and said Jean Eric Vern will be unbeaten this year, he would be fantastic. He will win in Marrakesh. Wow. And he hasn't finished at the points for the past three races. Yeah, maybe I should stop cheering for Mitch Evans and um, Tom Dillman. <laughs> oh no, uh, Mitch Evans was exceptional again. Yeah, for the weekend. I feel like he's doing a lot with a little at the moment. I mean, Nelson PK's got one point. Yeah, I would say that Mitch Evans is Formula E's unsung hero. He's one of two drivers on the current grid, in the 2018-19 grid, who's actually finished in the top 10 in every race so far, the other one being Daniel Apt. And um, what Evans did in Hong Kong, where it really was spectacular, his his car was nowhere in practice one. He had very limited running in practice two. He missed 20 minutes of the session because he had a drive shaft failure. He only qualified in 17th in the race and then finished in 7th. Incredible. Incredible. He's got to get in those points. He's a very talented driver and I think, you know, he's an emerging star of Formula E and I think Jaguar will have to start delivering results soon for former chairman. So I think he might be a candidate in the driver market, let's say. Yeah, I think there was something with him... Um, speculation about Porsche when they come in because Porsche yeah. is looking for proven experience in Formula E. They don't want a, a rookie paired with Neil Jani. Yes. Jean uh, only has the two race starts, obviously, and I think Hartley's name was tossed around a little bit. And there's, I think there's also been a link to Andre Loderick because he used to be a Porsche factory driver in the World Endurance Championship. But um, obviously, Evans is a candidate as well. Yeah. And and then you know where does where does Jaguar go? Well, so, I'm not sure. If that um, was the case, I'm not sure because they've got Nelson Piquet. They signed him to replace uh, Adam Carroll. Um, Piquet, obviously, being Formula E's inaugural champion, but Piquet at the moment has been um, r- rubbish. <laughs> if I'm entirely honest, he's only finished in the top ten twice in his last twelve races. Which goes all the way back to season four, which is awful. Yeah, that's that's pretty it's poor. Pretty terrible. Um, Very poor. Yeah, I, I really, I really don't want to see Jaguar. Uh, you know, down the bottom of the the standings. Um, yeah, I like Jaguar. They're uh, a great, great little team. You know, the guys and girls at the team are fantastic to talk with. A brilliant, brilliant team, and there's very much a ambition and drive to really get to the top of the standings, but. If there's one thing that's for sure, they can't afford to lose Mitch Evans at the end of this season. They can't. No, they definitely to. can't. No, they they. It would put them in a difficult yeah, position. It would. Um, right. So Bird wins, but then gets a penalty after the fact for crashing uh, into Lotra and Lotra getting a puncher. Um, so your thoughts on that? Was Sam Bird? Yeah. Did he des- did he deserve to uh, get the five second penalty? Yes. Yep. No, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. I yeah. saw a lot of comments after the race on Twitter saying Sam Bird isn't an aggressive driver, which he isn't. Sam Bird's a very nice guy, you know. After Hong Kong, um, 
in season four after running over half of his pit crew. He was very shocked. He was very sh- uh, shaken. Regardless of that, the incident was his fault. Um, yeah, Ver- Vern got a five-second time penalty for his collision with Tom Dillman. I think it was down in turn two at some point in the race. And Dillman was able to continue, but this incident between Bird and Lodera, um, it ruined Lodera's race com- completely. The tyre punctured. He got suspension for his suspension damage. He went from first in a position to win his first ever Formula E race and Formula E's 50th race to boot to finishing yeah. down in 14th as the final classified runner. And the, the puncture on that car really did wreck it. it I know he would, would have been going as fast as possible on that final lap. But the state of that day is to treat a car that the side pod was gone. Uh, one of the aero fins on the back was gone. The diffuser was ripped to pieces. It was um, a lot of damage caused. Mm. So, Mortara getting the win. And he's now in the title fight because of that. That was that was an incredible drive from Mortara. And he was keeping pace with the leaders as well at the end, which yeah. was nice. Um, so, five races, five different winners from five different teams. Is Is this... Is this the best season yet? It's exciting, isn't it? It is. It's not bad. So, so here are the results. Uh, Eduardo Mortara in first. Lucas Degrassi uh, being promoted to second. And Robin Frains in third. Just out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Apt scoring you know, a nice haul of points in fourth. Felipe Massa, fifth. Sam Bird in sixth because of the time penalty. Mitch Evans making his way up to seventh. Uh, Gary Paffett finishing at eighth. Good on him. That's really yeah, cool. Solid uh, Oliver Turvey. Oliver Turvey. I'm, I'm, you know, I never see much of him, but it, I'm guessing that was a pretty decent drive to actually get a couple of points. And Antonio Felix da Costa getting tenth. That's uh, that's all I've got. I'm only gonna, only gonna talk about the point scorers. So in the drivers' championship, listen to this. Sam Bird in first overtakes Jerome D'Ambrosio in second. So Sam Bird, 54 points. D'Ambrosio, 53 points. Degrassi, 52 points, as well as now Eduardo Mortara on 52. And Antonio Felix da Costa on 47, make up the top five. Is that cool reading or is that what? It's oh, very cool what? reading. It's very cool reading. I think it's the closest we've seen the Formula E standings for a while. And um, wow, wow. That will change in Sanya again. It will. We're approaching the halfway mark of this season, and c- can you predict who is going to win the championship this year? Uh, well, I think it's it's going to be. Uh, I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's such a hard. Yeah, course. you've also got Robin Frains on forty three, and then Apton Evans on thirty four, and then Verline on thirty, uh, and Andre Lotera only on twenty nine points now. So. Uh, and Vern languishing in 11th, 28 points. The thing is, though, if you look at that, 29-28, if either of them took a, took a win, they'd be up there. They're right back in it, yeah. They're right back in it. That's the thing. It, it's only going to take one race to get right back in it. No yeah. one's streaking ahead, yeah. It's exciting. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible at the minute. Just no one knows. No one knows what's going to happen. The team's championship is a little bit more spread out with Envision Virgin racing up the top with 97, Audi Sport App Schaeffler 86, Mahindra 83 now, uh, Venturi up to 66 points, 
overtaking BMW on 65. And then you've got Tachita 57, Panasonic Jaguar 35, uh, which 34 of those are Mitch Evans. I've, I've been critical of Nelson Piquet, but hopefully he can yeah, pick up some points because that's, you know, that's seventh place for Jaguar. Um, eighth place for Nissan E-Darms 21, HWA 7, Neo 6, and Dragon at the back with two points. That's about what I would have thought, unfortunately, from Dragon. Yeah. I think they showed a lot of promise in the first race of the season yeah. with Lopez. Uh, but that hasn't come to be. Then obviously yeah. we had Max Gunther they'd get replaced by Felipe Nasa. Unfortunate. Uh, from Mexico City onwards. Yeah. I um, still want to see Gunther back in the car, to be honest. This is the thing. Um, this is going to become a bit of an exclusive uh, to you uh, right now, what I'm going to say. but. It's puzzling because we've heard that Gunther might be back in the car this season. Yes, we have. And um, we've heard that NASA won't be racing in Rome because he'll be racing in IMSA instead at Long Beach. Correct, yeah. Which would then mean that the duty would go to the reserve driver. And for this season, the reserve driver was Antonio Fuoco. He no longer has connections with the team. Uh, from what I've, that's confirmed. By Dragon to me, um, he no longer has any connection with the team, and Gunther is now that reserve. But we also saw the team test Rafaele Marcello at the Mexico City test because there's talk that he might be racing in Rome. Wow, which is also interesting. So there's a massive, massive question mark in Dragon last year, last season tried to install Gunther in for the Berlin Epri in place of D'Ambrosio, German driver at a German track. would be very popular. So will we see something similar this year, perhaps? I'm not sure. Hmm. That would be interesting. Just a theory. Just a theory. Just a theory. Just, Just a, a theory. Just a theory. An, ex- <laughs> an exclusive theory. Chris yes. Solsby, Motorsport Monday. Go and check that out. He, I'm sure he's got plenty more... Uh, littered throughout it's throughout pro- that great magazine. It's probably a conspiracy in all honesty, but it's just a theory. <laughs> we'll claim it as an exclusive conspiracy. So Exclusive conspiracy. We'll just keep it here. Copyrighted, patented, job done, yeah. don't talk about it, cite us, follow us. <laughs> yep. So um, just looking at the team's championship, there's one clearing thing that stands out, and that is uh, both Audi powertrains up the top do you think we'll, con- we'll continue to see that? I think Audi has a very strong package this year, and that does reflect the points. Um, yeah. the, the power delivery is solid. The efficiency is solid. Um, yeah, I think Audi have really nailed it um, this season. They struggled in Arderia. Tested afterwards. Um, Frank stopped the morning session. I think Bird ended the day on top completely, but that's Cast in my mind back to last year, but um, I think I think something really clicked in that Adiria in season test, and uh, we've seen that since. So, yeah, brilliant. I'm also liking Venturi in fourth. I uh, yeah, I think my driver of day driver of the day was Eduardo Mortara. Solid throughout. Yeah, I was. I would agree with that. He's been solid for the past few races. He got um, fourth. Santiago, third last time out in Mexico City, and then 
second which became the win in Hong Kong. But it's um it's interesting. I think um Venturi this season is doing a very um surprising job, if I'm honest. Uh they've got ZF as a uh one of their partners. The for those of you who don't know about ZF, they're a, a leader in driveline and chassis technology. And they're essentially um working with Venturi to deliver this season five package. But um Venturi are a very small team. They are a manufacturer, they are a works team, but they're a very small works team. In comparing their resources to the likes of Audi or BMW or Jaguar or even DS to Cheetah with backed by Citroen, obviously, DS performance. Um, and, and Nissan as well. You know, we've got so many major uh, manufacturers in Formula E there now. They're, doing, they're punching above their weight. They really are. I would say they're facing a big challenge against these manufacturing giants because they bring so much knowledge and they bring masses of resources to Formula E specifically in the background, they can build the car, but they also manage and design the software for the car. And um, I would say that towards the start of the season, Venturi might have had its work cut out, but um, they've really delivered this year. They've really delivered on a strong package. Motorsport Monday caught up with Susie Wolf ahead of the start of the season. And um, direct quote from her here, uh, I've just plagiarised her, unfortunately. Uh, it's uh, I've got it written down. She goes, uh, we have our work cut out, and we are, uh, but we are confident that we can take on the challenge. Um, and that is the case. Venturi's first win in Formula E ever. Yeah, it was it was great. I I think Messer's coming into his own now as well. So I'm I'm pleased for them. Yeah, everything is aligning. Yeah, surprised, but, but um, yeah, two, two two top two top drivers. So. We'll yeah. see how they get on for the rest of the season, you know? Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? Can't wait. It Can't is. Wait. Formula E is exciting. It is. Formula E is exciting. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you're not watching, why are you not watching? If, you, if you're using this to fill in the uh, the window because Formula 1's away, you know? Well, that's, that's it. You know, e. This is, this is uh, the, the Wednesday of of you know the race week in the Australian Grand Prix so catch up catch up on formula E and 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 then you know and then you can look at F1 get your get your formula 1 folks yeah then you can look at that then you can have no no excuse to not be watching formula E right now exactly exactly so uh i think we will leave it there i'm i'm going to ask though chris who do you think will win in Sanya? Ooh. I'd like it to be six in six. I would too. Um, one of the DS to Cheetah drivers, Sean Eric Verne. I put a curse back on him. Well, maybe he's lifted the curse <laughs> with a bit well, of luck. Yeah, potentially. But Sean Eric Verne to win in Sanya, China. I think. Yeah. All right. Why not? I'm going to go with Robin Frains. Not a bad call. He's been very strong. He's got yeah. that Audi powertrain. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Good old Audi powertrain. Yep. I reckon he's going to dominate. No doubt. Alrighty. We will see. So, we will see. Chris, thank you once again for coming on. Thank you for getting up rather early. I uh, tried to leave it as late as possible uh, before heading off to bed in New Zealand. Yeah, that, that's very appreciated. Very appreciated. If you, if you decide to come on again, uh, I will try to do that in the future as well. So, where can we find your work? Uh, Motorsport Monday, Twitter, um, 
etc. Right, Facebook. Yeah, so you can uh, follow most on Twitter. Just search most week and most I don't have the exact handle in front of me. Uh, you can follow my personal accounts uh, by searching at Chris underscore Soulsby on Twitter and Instagram, or you can like my Facebook page, which is one of my main uh, platforms of communication with my readers, and that's at Chris Soulsby Journalist. Um, so yeah, check that out if you uh, want to see what I do. Um, have a have a read of the words that I write. And uh, there are a lot of mine. But yeah. Yeah, I fully fully recommend uh, you check out all the words that Chris writes. He uh, looks like he does a lot of work. I wrote 6,000 words on Sunday. It's, it's a few words. It's, it's a couple, isn't it? <laughs> when I was at university, I, I, I don't think I wrote 6,000 words and, uh, you know, just the whole time. <laughs> it was... I mean... <laughs> I was uh, reflecting on this on Sunday. I wrote, um, I want to say, just about six and a half thousand, just under seven thousand words in magazine features in the space of three or four hours. And I was comparing that to the length of my dissertation. And I'm just thinking, if I found that writing rhythm in my dissertation, I would have been finished about a year ago now. (laughs) Oh, crikey. It's crazy. I struggled to write a thousand words, let alone six thousand. So, um, yeah. If if you want to uh, write to us though, um, we we love to talk with people. I love to talk with people. I'll I'll talk with anyone about Formula E or Formula One. I am I am very excited. Before we go, Formula One, who is winning the world championship, Chris? Ooh, you've caught me off guard there. Um, I don't know. Um, not Valdry Bodas. I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, not to put the guy down, but I think. He's going to. I think this might be his last year at Mercedes. Very bold prediction, but I think he'll be out. Um, yeah, I'm potentially thinking the same, but uh, I'm going to go Lewis again. I'm going to be a total idiot, and I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm going to say Charles Leclerc. I knew you were going to say that, but Mike you never drop. know. You, Mike drop. We 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 don't know. We don't know if uh, you're proved wrong or right just yeah. yet. We'll Hashtag have to Leclerc wait and see. 2019. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, is that oh. actually a hashtag or is it? It will be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, back back to back to closing the show. We we love to talk with the community. Uh, please send your questions, feedback to hello at regenracingpodcast.com. We have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and regenracingpodcast.com. Um. Yeah, if you would rate and review, that would be awesome. I know it's annoying, um, but yeah, that that really helps us out, be found uh, higher up the charts. Um, So if you could do that, that would be awesome. We are powered by Transistor.fm, and if you're looking for hosting, that is an awesome service. They do hosting and analytics for this podcast. Our intro music, Danelle Armour, featuring Sarah DeWarren Gallery, and it is used with permission from Danelle Armour. He is amazing. Check out the music on all major platforms. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Chris. No worries. We'll see you next time. Yes. Bye-bye.